0: Welcome to Movable Dough, the podcast where I interview and promote living composers. Join me as I talk with composers about their current projects, their past successes and setbacks, and their personal journeys. For more information about this podcast, please visit sdcompose.com slash dough. Hey, this is Steve. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Movable Dough. Before we begin today, I just want to let you know that we are now on Instagram. You can find us there at Movable Dough Podcast. I also want to give a quick shout out to our listeners. We've picked up listeners in 20 of the United States, uh, in Kenya, South Korea, Switzerland, United Kingdom, uh, Poland, Philippines, and South Africa. So thank you for listening to Movable Dough. Today, I'll be speaking with Judy Rose. Judy has been a music educator for the Portland Public Schools in Oregon for 20 years, and is an active music director, accompanist, and singer in the Vancouver, Washington, and Portland areas. In 2019, she received GAP funding to create a CD recording of her original choral spiritual, I Found Me a River. Her works are published through Santa Barbara Music Publishing Company. Judy Rose, thank you for joining me, and welcome to Movable Doe. Thank you. So I read that you grew up listening to and singing spirituals and gospel music in the Baptist Church in West Virginia. So tell me a little bit about your path from there to where you landed in Oregon.
1: Oh my goodness, that's a long, long (laughs) path. Well, um, so at about age five, um, I was adopted um, by my adopted mother, um, Irene Rose, and uh, as a single white woman um, in uh, Sacramento, California, so I was born I was born in West Virginia and then uh, flew out there and um, started a, a musical journey as she taught me how to play the piano. Uh, she was a um, piano player and instructor and uh, just played beautifully and very well, but she took me to and me and uh, I should say my sister, Lisa, um, to the ballet, to the opera, uh, things I had never ever uh, envisioned and ever seen before. Um, And I will say um, just, you know, growing up, um, you know, before I was adopted in um, West Virginia, um, with my I don't know what part of my family was biological and or not so it was really tough but um I you know I guess it was a baptist church that that's my uh, guess um but uh the music I just remember moving people literally um spiritually and um my recollection of that experience was more of seeing the musicians play and seeing um, the, uh, joy emulated on their, their faces and just the, the spirit moving through the the people. And I remember specifically and don't know who the, um, uh, woman is, but, uh, was, and, but she was singing and just kind of, um, you know, in the, in the spirit of everything moving. And I just, I still have that even to this day in my head of the the power of that song. I don't even remember what it was, but it was some sort of, uh, you know, sounded like gospel stomp, um, what I might say now. But I just, that moment and of just, ah, uh, this is kind of, you know, not necessarily what I wanted to do, but um, I just knew the impact of it was was pretty huge.
0: Did your adopted mom continue that sort of influence as well, or was it mostly being exposed to new types of music when you got to California?
1: Definitely new types of 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 music, and um, as that was um, more, you know, her upbringing and and all of that, you know, classical music. Uh, she was also a violinist and then she later told me that um she really really wanted to play the cello (laughs) that was Uh like her like instrument but her mom made her play the violin um which is you know good practice but um so yeah it was mainly but listening to um you know and playing classical pieces but i always wanted to you know because i had to i had to take lessons uh (laughs) too and i just always wanted to veer off and do my own thing and you know not read the notes and just like do things by ear which i did a lot but i remember specifically we went to the um the the nutcracker i'd not ever been to a a ballet and um really fell in love with the music of tchaikovsky and um i didn't even know who he was but i was just like i like him or you know but uh just watching I, i didn't really pay attention to everything else except for the conductor and the instruments. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I like that. And I love the, just the, the textures and the, the different ways that he, you know, put um, compositions together. I was like, ah, very, very enamored um, by that.
0: So is that when so, you started composing yourself?
1: Uh, no, I didn't really start probably until like, junior high high school you know just kind of mm-hmm. like really you know improvising and and playing and and all of that cuz um you know i always was one of those who um people in in school that just kind of held back but um you know i i knew i could you know do things or like play things or accompany you know for the choir but i just kind of like held back and Mm -hmm. let other uh, people do that. But I was just kind of like one of those uh, quiet musicians, I would say, (laughs) just wanting to do things in the background to support people. But I think I really started more so accompanying some of my classmates is where Uh I was like, oh, this is, you know, cool. And then in high school, really, I was um, able to um, uh, have really cool experiences where um, I had some great mentors, and um, one of them uh, I was just not talking to, I was just talking to uh, not too long ago, J. Uh, G- Michael Frazier, um, he was my high school choir director in uh, La Grande High School. Um, yeah, don't ask me how he got there, but um, <laughs> it was, yeah, that was an experience um, I could write a book about. But it was, where I really like formed this like love of choral music. Um and especially we sang, I will not um ever forget Sooner Will Be Done, uh by um it'll come to me, William uh Dawson, singing that piece and just hearing that those those textures. I was like, oh, you know, didn't know, oh it was spiritual, (laughs) you know, but I was just like oh there's something um that's really really deep about that piece and um we sang you know other pieces which i totally can't remember but the that particular uh spiritual just really like uh resonated with me but i was able to have um directing experiences there, um, theater things as well. Um, not d- directing thing, shows like that, but kind of being in them and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I really, I was writing, but I was kind of doing like, you know, pop things. I really wanted to go to Berkeley College of Music. Um, I was accepted, but I couldn't afford to go. Uh-huh um to my dismay because i was just like oh my gosh you know a 2500 scholarship just didn't cut it (laughs) you know back then so i um ended up just not going to school right after graduation um and then went to university of montana very very briefly um in missoula montana it's beautiful there um but promptly uh, was like, oh, I don't necessarily want to hang here. Um, one, because there just weren't a whole lot of people of color um, in in Montana, um, more than Lil Grant, um, I will say. <laughs> but uh, I, I just like, you know, this studying classical, classical. So long journey um, to uh, begin school, um, school, school, I'll say. But um, I eventually landed at um Treasure Valley Community College in Ontario Oregon and that was probably the one um I, I call everything gigs um, so <laughs> one gig that, that changed my my uh, life and I was able to do a lot so there it was that I I really wrote my first choral piece and um it was a, a Christmas piece that I wrote um, for the um, chorale or the, the choir that I was uh, singing in. And um, and I was like, oh, you know, and the, and the director's like, um, Bruce Walker, he's like, um, Bruce and Linda Walker, I should say, both direct co-directors of that. And so we sang, you know, that, that piece and they were like, oh, that's really, really beautiful, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, great, <laughs> you know, um, and I just thought, Oh, you know, didn't know the, the first thing about, you know, getting a, a piece, um, you know, written and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, I, I received, uh, such, um, you know, glowing reviews on that. I was like, Oh, maybe I should do something with it, but just kind of didn't, um, <laughs> the years and, um, just really, uh, was, probably more into like, you know, wanting to be a a more of a a contemporary music or top 40, you know, song Mm -hmm. songs um, like that. And so I was doing that too, more so, um, but not really like getting, you know, things out there and and to be uh, published, but, you know, collaborating with people as much as I could. Um, But really, I didn't start like thinking seriously until probably what a few years ago (laughs) you know that i could really get something um you know published and so i wrote um and actually i'm not sure if it's one of the pieces you selected for us to go over but it's all good um (laughs) but um actually i think it is river um i Mm -hmm. found me a river i started writing that back um I'm gonna say the summer of 2016 and um, I cannot tell you um, exactly which um, black men had been murdered um, at that particular point but I remember it being July and um, I was sitting, I had just taken my spouse to work and sitting in my truck and I just was like, ah, the em, em, you know, emotion of all kinds of stuff and happening in the world. And I started writing, I found me a river. I was had a little blue post-it note, which I still have to this day. I started just writing those lyrics in my truck before I was um going out into the world because I I was feeling immobilized um myself um with things that were going on in the world. Um, a, a lot of grief. And so that's how that particular piece started. And um, interesting, when I was talking with my publisher um, with about what was happening in the world with that particular piece, um, it was interesting to, to note that sometimes you know cuz you know composers can write about their pieces and then you know you have your little bio and then you know about the piece and um we went a, a little round about that of how, you know what do you what do you put in about a piece mm-hmm. um because you know if you want to sell that particular piece there are some things that um you might not put in about a piece <laughs> that might be you know poignant um so i'm I'm learning um from and and I love my publisher um they're um fabulous um but I am learning um a lot about um writing i am learning um a a ton um just about everything i should say in myself in the process and what it means to revise and revise and revise again uh-huh. <laughs> you know i am like oh my gosh uh so you know i'm i'm really really appreciative so river uh, was my first um i should say my second <laughs> you know big um choral piece but um actually Maya was uh, published first um and that one came um probably <laughs> they all they're all blurring together. because um, <laughs> I have a succession of a few, but um so Ye Maya was really my first published choral piece. Um and that was just um, you know, I wanted to do some arrangement of yemaya Asaisu. Um because I thought, what <laughs> what a cool piece and ye-maya was pretty cool. So um that's what I that's a little bit um just about that first journey and that first piece getting published and yeah. going, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's um, excellent.
0: I'd, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about uh, I Found Me a River um, because I, I, I see it listed as an original choral spiritual. And so when more, many people think of the term spiritual, you know, they're thinking of traditional melodies that were passed down, sung by the African slaves. Uh, when you set out to write uh, original spirituals, what elements from traditional spirituals are you trying to capture?
1: Well, I think that, um, that's a good question. Um, I I was thinking of trying to write a a new spiritual and then I was like, well, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, so why would I do that? However, Mm -hmm. the, the message of, um, I always think of, uh, when I hear you know, um I hear a, a voice of praying or didn't you know my my lord deliver Daniel or you know um it of them yes being signal songs. Um and this one River I think is one. Um and I was thinking more on the lines of um Harriet Tubman mm. when I I was really focused on her story. Um and the, before the movie came out, um, but uh, thinking about the my of my ancestors, which who I don't know um, who they are since I'm adopted, um, but just thinking about that melody at the 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 very beginning of thinking of that melody as being that one passed down, mm. and um, of how that. Um, begins, but also thinking about the journey of going through and and the different cycles of a river and so I was focused really on the 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 slaves' journey, but more so through Moses of what they had to go through to get to you know the 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 promised land or yeah. you know um to, up to the north. Um, so I think because of how this my particular melody begins, and I think the journey through the river in this piece is through the tempo of the piece and how it ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows. And then you might have a solo in there and then it goes to, you know, um, uh, whether it's a, a double choir piece or whether it goes through the um, the part of it which um, I call a gospel stomp, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it goes through um, that, and then it ebbs and flows, and then till at the very very um, end, there's that you know the big big swell of the double choir. Um, so I, I I literally looked up you know the different parts of how you know how a river flows um for that um Mm -hmm. piece so every every part of the piece is really about a journey it's about that life journey
0: and what sort of message do you think is in there that is appealing to a modern audience
1: as the river as a place to go and a, for a place of solace when, literally from my, my words that I, I was able to write of, when the troubles of life overtake me, when fear is nigh and a place to go and weep, to grieve um, and, and we need to do more of that um, in life. So yeah. I, I think the the message, just like the message of a of lot of, of our different spirituals were meant to, you know, when you're feeling overwhelmed or overcome, there is hope somewhere, even though the circumstances right now in in the world, like, you know, it's, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> I got that from Nikki Giovanni um, <laughs> years and, and years ago, you know, um, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, she's right. <laughs> um, um, we're just, you know, creating just you know, new works based on what we've known in our collective wisdom. Yeah. So I think um, there's, there's a continuous message
0: of hope. That's, That's beautiful. My, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask, as an, as an African-American composer, do you feel pressure to write idiomatically in a in spirituals or gospel or or do you feel that you can just write whatever you whatever you feel you know
1: this is a really interesting question because um i was talking with uh, dr uh, ethan sperry about this and um dr rollo dilworth not too mm-hmm. long ago um and through ethan but talking about um being put into that sort of uh, sieve or whatever you call it right. you know um and and having to do that but um just i i'm not necessarily f- feeling that but i i'm just i'm drawn to them uh to write um spirituals um and just thinking of you know a new a, a newer kind of uh, spiritual um I don't know um, if I'll, you know, get put into that um, and feel uh, pressured to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that um, a lot of um, composers are put into that, you know, of oh, <laughs> you know, um, I'm just I write more than that, right? Um, and and so I think it's really interesting because there's a difference. And I've noticed with, um, like, um, a jubilant day, I I've noticed that it's under, it, it'll say gospel kind of, I've looked at, you know, at, uh-huh. at different websites and I'm like, it's not really gospel. It's a spiritual. I mean, so I, I mean, I think that they're, they're necessarily, um, people out there who don't, know that there's a difference right. <laughs> between it might have elements of that but really jubilant is a spiritual like river is a, is definitely a, a spiritual so you know i don't know um that but that's i digress but it's <laughs> just just saying that i don't necessarily feel um that i'm i have to write in that genre that there's um pressure to do that um and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm writing um, in genres outside that all the time.
0: Yeah, that's um, fantastic. So. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I want to sort of explore a little bit further in this vein. You know, one of the reasons I started this podcast was I wanted to talk to composers about their stories, which are very different from mine. You know, we all have sort of these different paths to composition and the, the songs we write. And so I would just like to, to ask, you know as an african american or even as a, a female composer, what sort of setbacks or roadblocks have you encountered uh in your path
1: um well, you know it's interesting <laughs> uh that you say that um and i th- i think it's i'm i should say i'm learning about uh the business mm-hmm. I, and, and I don't really like know, you know, everything about that, um, just just because I'm not a, uh, you know, composition major. Um, And boy, you know, I wish I were, Um, if I if, if, uh, you know, life, if I had made some different, I guess, choices um, in to do that, but I'm not sure if there are roadblocks. And I think I could be my my own roadblock mm-hmm. to <laughs> of things that I don't know or necessarily understand or a, a road that I thought maybe oh I don't you know necessarily um, need to go there however um, I, I I think I always had mentors who said you know you can you can do what you what you want to do um and kind of like if you put your mind to it um i i believe that but i think um i think sometimes and i'm trying to think of a really um good way to articulate this um, uh, but i think sometimes that what what i might think is a you know a good thing or a good piece that somebody might go "Eh," you know no um and um and i I have to wonder is it because i'm not necessarily good enough or is it because of something else like Mm -hmm. having to do with my color it's interesting um that you you know say that (laughs) <laughs> when you bring that up, because I think that, um, you know, around the jobs that maybe I didn't get, you know, because, well, maybe was I not good enough or is it because I'm a black woman? The same kind of thing. But, and so I think the, the that roadblock is sometimes the, the the mental, but it's also the reality of what does happen if that makes sense.
2: Oh yeah. So
1: yeah, I have to really think about that one too, but I think, um, you know, my sometimes yes, mind over matter. Um, you wonder, I hope that answered your question.
0: Yeah, that was great. That was great. I want to ask one more question sort of on a different, uh, point here. Uh, so I, I saw on a website that you enjoy playing the native American flute. So where did this interest come from?
1: oh well that's a that's a good one uh so my um former uh father in law um uh robley morgan he played the native American flute in fact he studied with uh carlos nakai um who's uh uh we called him father of the native american flute uh who was a, a professional trumpet player um until he injured himself um and I don't know, there was yeah, I can't even remember everything of how it I started except for I said, that sounds beautiful and something that I was, you know, drawn to. And my spouse had played, you know, a little bit with her, you know, father and all that kind of stuff. And 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 I was like, it's beautiful, but I was like, that is such a sissy instrument. And, but lo and behold, of course, I found out it's not. Um, it takes a lot of uh, air and skill um, to be able to um, play that instrument. But I love it. And um, it is a difficult <laughs> instrument. However, um, I learned to so appreciate it. Um, and I was like, oh, I really want to write for this instrument and so i wrote um a few pieces and then uh the one that i think the, is like um over on youtube somewhere um titled uh, you're not alone in this world and i got this melody and then i don't know the rest just kind of came uh to me yeah i will by... get a chance
0: to listen to that one later in the program for sure
1: yeah and that is um the flute that i'm playing um in there and I, it's just um there are so many uh local flute makers um and i say local re- i should say regional um flute makers um and the one i'm playing in the video is uh made by quiet bear um his his name is dwight Lend. um quiet bear flute creations um uh, one of my favorite flute makers um and because his his flutes are always of course in tune um, <laughs> to uh, my ear, um, but they're just just a a, a beautiful beautiful um, sound, and so just totally um, resonates um, with me, but I think that the just the the different woods, the type of woods that the flutes are are made of um, and just the different um, sounds that you can get and uh, you know I am by not any means the uh, aficionado of uh, Native American flute I just know that it speaks to my heart Um, and and I love to write for it Um, and I know that notation is not necessarily um, you know writing for that traditionally is not like in a classical way you know with that flute because it's more improvised
0: yeah, you know, I uh, I had planned on asking you about this piece later, but you've talked about it beautifully already. I think we will put in the clip of this piece right here and let that take us to break. So after we've listened to the song, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about more of your compositions. All right. Welcome back. My guest today is Judy Rose. All right. So let's talk more specifically about some of your compositions. I'd like to first talk about your piece, Om Shanti Om, for SATB Choir Percussion. So let's listen to just a bit of this piece first, and then we'll talk. All right, so if I remember correctly, uh, Om Shanti Om is a Hindu chant that translates to peace be with you. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, what was happening in your own life around the time that you were writing this that drew you to this text?
1: Um, you know, I, I was um, on a writing, specifically writing vacation, and uh, wrote it probably i think it was like my first day out on um you know this and and i have to preface it by saying you know we're hanging at a a beautiful location overlooking manzanita (laughs) and uh it was just glorious and actually that evening i think i just got this melody in my head and i just like ohm shanti ohm and i was like where is that coming from so i just like okay sure i'll you know i wrote down what i was you know hearing um in my head because i i actually started with the chorus first of of the piece um before i wrote the beginning of it and i was like okay well this is kind of cool and i was you know feeling kind of rhythmic and and then I just kind of put that away for a few days and I started working on my other piece because I was working on two pieces then, um, My Lord, Good Lord, which is a spiritual I had written around the same time. I was just like, I don't know why I kept on coming back to the Om Shanti piece and I was like, well, let me look, you know, why, (laughs) you know, at the the, uh, chant. And so I just started to do a little bit more you know research uh with that and then i actually got a hold of i'm trying to remember zoe's last name but um she's a yoga instructor and um and she did a whole book about some of the different well i think it's more of a yoga instruction book but about chants and all kinds of stuff and so actually um i asked her if i could use her translation of mm-hmm. om shanti and so that's actually in uh the piece as well in the front um but i was just looking up her translation of that text and i was like oh this really resonates uh, peace <laughs> you know harmony because boy uh w- we need a lot more of that uh daily um <laughs> and so i think that's really kind of how it it came of <sighs> you know uh more of that please yeah. and so i just kept on you know going with that and then i finished it probably a few weeks later of i i started actually the the beginning of the of the piece and um it just came together and boom <laughs> that's how that, <laughs> it happens sometimes yeah. um uh, so were you writing was,
0: for a were you writing for a specific ensemble or were you writing for a, a certain level? What, what what did you have in your mind? Well,
1: I was thinking, um, you know, most of my pieces are, are high school, um, you know, community choir college um, level um, or kind of begin, beginning-ish. Yes. I'll just say medium. Um, and I don't know. I was just like, hmm, who could I write this for and who, you know, in my... Uh, Choral world and choral colleague world uh, would want to sing this, uh-huh. and I was like, hmm, "Let me check with Karen Bohart, who's uh, one of my one of my good friends and colleagues, uh, who teaches at uh, Franklin High School. She was at Reynolds High uh, Reynolds High School uh, for what, seventeen years, and just good people." And I said, "Hey, Karen, would you would you look at this?" And she's like, oh, "Of course," and uh, you know, and then. I had actually um this was just like last um fall, but uh, tried to recruit some college choirs to also sing with us just as uh you know, especially for those bass uh parts, you know, mm-hmm. where it doubles um at the end. And well, actually throughout the whole entire piece, but uh to have that. And um it just one thing led to another and um never got my community college, but I got a few high schools Uh, to sing together along with, um, so Franklin High School, uh, Wilson High School um, Ensemble, Wave Ensemble under the direction of Margaret Muir and um, Karen Bohart's group um, Armonia, and then the Jackson Middle School um, Choir under the direction of Melinda Murdoch. And they all, we all got together and uh, did the recording. And so that's what you Uh, we'll hear.
0: That's fabulous. All right. So let's go next to your spiritual. Uh, I found me a river. Uh, So this is for double choir. So we'll listen to that for a minute. All right, so I know we've had a chance to talk about uh, about some of your ideas behind it, so I want to ask sort of a different question. So in this increasingly secular world, uh, how do you feel religious music like this fits into the fabric?
1: I actually don't think of spirituals as religious.
0: Mm, okay.
1: I don't think of this particular... I sh- shouldn't say that about all spirituals, but this one in in particular... Um, I don't believe, um, it, at least to me, it isn't, it is not sacred. I would, I would say it's a secular, uh, spiritual. Yes, I do use Lord in there. And, um, I think in, um, you know, different religions that could mean a whole bunch of things, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily, um, you know, what people might say, oh, Jesus, you know, or or God. Um, so it just uses Lord, I say like, oh, oh, Lordy, 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 <laughs> kind of like that, you know, I would, uh-huh. I, I used to hear my, um, Mama Essie, um, who I, um, who raised me, um, in West Virginia. Um, I, used to hear her say that all the time you know the the ladies are hanging out and fanning on the you know at the end of a hard day and they're in the rocking chairs and with the fans Mm, oh lord sister you know i mean those kinds of things i i don't think of this particular spiritual as um sacred
0: so it's more of a a universal theme of of peace and of, of hope
1: I absolutely of a, I'd say universal but more of the 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 black struggle
2: uh-huh.
1: um, and more of I mean yes then that could be thought of as as universal but I think it is more of I, if you if you want to put it universal a theme of hope mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Lastly, I'd like to ask you about arguably your best known or at least most performed piece, if the number of recordings on your website's any judge, uh, A Jubilant Day for SATB Acapella Choir. So let's listen to just a moment of that one. So I read an article about how you created this piece in 2015 and then gifted it to Grant High School and collaborated with their director towards the premiere of the song. Could you tell us about writing the song and about this collaboration?
1: Um, most definitely. I think, yeah, I think that I started that in um, 2018 and that was, and, and most people actually um, don't know this unless um, they've worked with me um, and uh, you know hear this part of um, the story but actually A Jubilant Day was written um, I was actually on a field trip with um, my middle schoolers um, where I was teaching and we had um, watched um, Alvin Ailey uh, dance troupe Uh, perform, and of course they performed their signature piece, Revelations, which Mm -hmm. is um, uh, danced to um, spirituals and uh, singers uh, singing um, all all types of spirituals within that. And I just was thinking as I was sitting there on the field trip, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be great to write a new set of spirituals to be danced? I just thought, wow, wouldn't that be fabulous. And then I was just kind of like, okay, you know, and then in the field trip was on my way home. And um, there was a gentleman who just kept, um, I I take I-205 home every day, and um there was a gentleman coming in a truck behind me and going you know racing through lane after lane after lane and i was like oh all of a sudden ended up behind me and then i was like okay you know what's this and we're cruising you know whatever down the highway and all of a sudden i'm like i need to get over because he's just tailgating me so i move over then he comes next to me on my left and then is swerving in my lane and i'm like um whoa okay and then i just kind of retreat back i'm trying to you know (laughs) figure out what what he's doing and um and then it took me a while and then i ducked back into traffic and um he then went behind me again Um, I can't even remember how many times, but I was trying to speed ahead. So yeah, this gentleman was um, obviously not uh, digging me. And I was um, just trying to, you know, get out of his way. And then he kept on swerving in my lane and at 70 something miles an hour. The next thing I I know I'm uh, trying to... Uh, you know, take pictures and trying to call my spouse and going, somebody help me, and all of these cars just totally retreated back. And you know, I'm shaking. And all long story short, uh, by the time I get home, um, I am uh, obviously pretty rattled, and I didn't um, decide to call the um, police because. I'm a black woman. Um, and so what I did was I said <laughs> to my spouse, you got to call and you know see if you can. And I tried to get a, a license plate um, and all of that, which it was really difficult. Uh, that was a huge truck. So I got home, settled down, and I wrote this line, each day begins and ends with me. And i that was the, a few days after my birthday. <laughs> um, I think that that had all transpired. But um, And then I came back to the piece during the summer. And I was working on it. And um, I was like, I wonder which one of my colleagues would want to sing this piece. And um, I was like, maybe John Eisman. So I emailed him. I mean, this was like right before school started. And I was like, hey, John, wh- I, you want to think about doing this piece? And he was like, really? <laughs> you know, so uh, that's how it started. And so he was so thrilled. And they started the, singing it like that first week of school. And um, the rest pretty much is, is history. On that, and um, just th- I was able to go in and work with the kids and have conversations, and I actually told them the story, what I just told you, of what happened and how I got that first line, and mm-hmm. so important it sets the tone for the very beginning of the piece, but also at the
0: end. Right? Yeah, I heard um, that come back at the end too. A different
1: key um, on that, so. Um, yeah, the the kids were so amazingly receptive. And I mean, it felt like an NPR interview of, well, why'd you write it? And why did you gift it to us? And then so, you know, going back, I had worked with the kids um, as in the fall in the spring of that year of of 2018, right before they went to state, and just you know, kind of hanging and being with the choir and missing high school and uh, yeah. teaching and all that. And so I got to work with them, and you know, John has everybody in their in uh, the world coming in and working with his kids, which is you know the thing you should do, and uh, he he did, and um, I had so much fun working with the kids and they were just so receptive and, and so, um, great. And, and that was really jubilant day was really my gift to him, but to John, but also to the kids. And then going back years before then of, I think really the, the seed, you know, uh, starter for this was, um, We weren't, um, in Portland public schools, we weren't allowed to sing at the Grotto, which is the Festival of Lights. Um, And there was a decision by the school board because there was a a, um, lawsuit that was being brought forth, yada, 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 blah. Um, But anyway, yeah, (laughs) you can read about the article um, uh, in uh, the Portland Tribune um, all about that. But what started really was um, that we, you know, we didn't necessarily have a place to sing for my middle school kids. And John's like, come sing with us. Cause we're going to be singing at blah, blah, blah place. And so we sang another one of my um, pieces titled peace. And so we sang that combined that was 2015 and we had just been, you know, colleagues here and there, but that experience of, I mean, I, I would say that John really was the first colleague that just was, to me at least, uh, just, um, you know, reaching out, not necessarily, you know, so full of himself he couldn't handle it. Um, and, but really just, he's genuine, he's, um, you know, he respects, um, you know, everybody. And um, that goes a long way, that really yeah. does. And so my gift back to him and his choir was jubilant.
0: That's great. So what sort of things are you working on now?
1: Um, I am working on um, actually a new piece uh, I wrote, which was supposed to have been premiered um, back in May uh, for Jackson Middle School, which happens to be another spiritual um, uh, titled, um, I Feel Tired Sometimes, um, which is really fitting right now. Um, (laughs) What's going on? Um, in the world, but I also wrap, um, it's so new spiritual, but also using a Latin text of um, cum sancto spiritu in gloria dei patris in there. So woven in um, with a, a spiritual, you know, my own um, melody, etc. cetera. Um, that's what I'm working on. Um, I have been uh, working um, on just some uh, pieces that I just started years ago and, um, you know, arrangements and, and just, and for really, actually, during the pandemic, um, someone asked me, they're like, oh my gosh, you just may, must be cranking out a whole bunch of tunes and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I said, I haven't written at all. and and because i said it it, it's just too overwhelming everything that is happening and um that was probably around the time that uh brianna taylor was killed and um and everything just you know again um exploding um in the universe um and And I'm not saying that to just be like you know, oh yeah some some thought out there, but um thing, things have been uh, pretty um unsettling um for many um in the world, but uh i just i couldn't I couldn't write um and I'm feeling now I can maybe like feeling like I can emerge again to to write something. Yeah. It's important um to to use my voice in that way.
0: Absolutely. So if our listeners want to hear more of your works, if they want to find out more about you, where where can they be found online?
1: I can be found online at ww.judyarose.com. Very nicely done. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get uh my radio voice in there somewhere. Um, But, uh, yeah, and uh, just um, that's what I'm working on right now. I'm just very excited. I just had a a feature um, with Jubilant Day, a Jubilant Day, I should say, um, on All Classical uh, just last week. And uh, very excited about that virtual choir recording of Pacific University Singers. singing that under the direction of Scott Toomey. So my first virtual, I should say, uh, video.
0: um, Yeah, I saw that online. It looks great.
1: Yes, they did a beautiful, beautiful job.
0: And you've got, uh, what, six pieces with Santa Barbara now? I have five. Five.
1: um, Yes, and uh, again um there was there were so many premieres that should have happened for many many composers um in in the during the spring and uh river would have been one of those um luckily we were able to record that with Westland High School back in um December on that not the recording of the new newer arrangement of that so um but that should have been premiered along with the Jackson piece I- I um, I feel tired, but that's not Santa Barbara, not yet. Um, and then, um, my Lord, Good Lord, and actually, that's the second piece I wrote for Grant High School and John and his group, um, and that really um, is in the the style of William Dawson. Um, I really um, I've been doing a a lot of uh, reading um, a little bit more on uh, spirituals. And um, Dr. Andre Thomas wrote a beautiful, beautiful book, uh, Way Over in Beulah Land. And if you want to learn a a lot more uh, than I'm saying about spirituals, um, he is the authority, one of them. Um, And this book is um, beautifully written, Um, just gives you a little bit about uh, the history of spirituals but also then the composers of those uh spirituals and a timeline so um yeah there you have it
0: well judy rose it has been enlightening and enjoyable to talk with you it's been a pleasure today thank you for joining me and thank you so much my guest today was composer judy rose if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe through your favorite podcast provider to hear previous episodes, visit sdcompose.com slash dough. If you would like to continue this conversation or share your favorite music by Judy Rose, join us on our Facebook group, Movable Dough Listeners. If you have show or guest suggestions, please email me at movabledough@gmail.com. at gmail.com. This is Steve Danielson. Keep the music moving.